If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holley. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1. Uh, we're going to get through maybe nine verses tonight because um, I didn't want to get into the armor of God yet. I need to leave that by itself. So um, we're going we're gonna to walk through this practical. It started last week when Heather and I talked about the husband and the wife, their relationship to each other, and how it is the picture of Christ and his church. And then it gets into the family. It gets into the children, and, and children uh, to parents and parents to children, as well as uh, slaves to masters. But really what that is is employees to employers and employers to employees in our day and age. So we're going to get into some really good stuff. And, and if you have your version app, I do have some notes for you to follow by. Um, and I think that's it. Let's rock and roll. Ephesians 6, 1. Children, obey your parents. Why are the kids? They need to be hearing this message. The children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is, I tell you what, you can just take notes and go home and tell them what I said, okay? Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. This is the first commandment with promise. Isn't that wonderful? The first commandment with promise was given to kids. That is cool. First commandment with promise given to kids. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Let me just say right now, it is God's desire that you live well and that you live long. Yeah. It really is. That is his desire. That is his will. There are several other scriptures that talk about a promise of length of days, long life, right? I, he shall be satisfied with long. Why in the world do, do we, not we, but people get it in their minds that when somebody dies early, that that was God's will. Why would that, that just doesn't make any sense to me. When I read the scripture, I just can't see it. And I've, I've, I've had very dear loved ones go at an early age and not, but I didn't just resolve myself. Well, I guess it was God's will. I just don't see that. I mean, I mean, it would maybe make me feel better. I don't, I don't know why people come up with those things. Maybe to just make them feel better uh, about it. But it doesn't make me feel better, to be honest with you. When I think about that, that doesn't make, it doesn't really make me feel better to think that that was God's will for somebody to die early. I just don't see it. Not when I see in these promises of long life that he gives for us. I believe that's ultimately his will. I really do. Otherwise, there's no point in promising that. Amen? Amen? That it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And I might talk about that sometime in depth. Uh, verse 4, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Now, notice it's talking to the fathers, but really this is to the father and the mother. He's talking to the father because he is the leader here, right? We, we, me and Heather went over that last week. But, but his, his role is, remember, her up under him. She has... And they do this together. This has to happen together. All right? It's talking to the fathers. Ultimately, it's talking to the father and the mother uh, concerning their children. Children, obey your parents. And I want to just say this has to do with your child's actions. Their actions. Obey. That is an action. Amen? To, and that means to, to submit to, to comply with, to heed, to follow directions and instructions. Obey. I always tell my kids, you basically have one rule in this house. Obey. That's it. Let me just simplify your life right now. You only have to do one thing. Obey everything I say. That's it. Isn't that easy? I wish I had one rule in life. I wish I just had one thing, right? Just obey. That's it. That's all you have to do. And life will go so well for you. Amen. Amen. We have to teach our kids these things. 
All right? Especially when they become teenagers and life gets so complicated. Right? And I still remind them, you're still under my roof. The same rule applies. Now, the day you move out, go for it. Actions. And then look, honor your father and your mother. This has to do with your child's attitudes. Attitudes. This, this word honor means to respect, to revere, to hold in high regard, and to, I like this, to fix the value. To fix the value. That is, that they have you, that whoever you honor, you hold them at a certain value and you fix it there. Just like, you know, a fixed rate on your mortgage. You like that mortgage, you like it to be fixed, to not move, to stay right there, right? Especially at this day and age when you can get it at what? Three and a quarter, three and three and a half percent, something like that. That's nice to have it fixed. Fixed, to fix the value. That you never come to the place, the children never come to the place where, okay, now you're a contemporary of mine. Now I don't have to honor you anymore. No, it's, it's for the rest of our lives. I'm, I don't necessarily go around obeying my parents because they they're not there telling me what to do. I've got a wife to do that. But I, but, but I do continue to honor them as my parents. You know what I'm talking about? She continues to honor her parents, and we, and, we honor, and, and we continue to reap the benefits of that because I want it to be well with me, and I want to live long on the earth. Amen? Amen. I love that. I love that. That it may be well with you. That it may be well with you. This gives you quality of life. Amen. Uh And that you may live long on the earth. This gives you quantity of life. Isn't that beautiful? Now, I want to just go over a few things. And this might help you moms and dads and grandparents and whatever you are here tonight. How does a parent provoke, what does that mean to provoke a child to wrath? And I want to go over just a few things, just maybe through my own experience and some observation that might help you to not provoke your child to wrath, all right? Is it okay if I get a little practical with you for a few minutes? All right. Number one, number one, to provoke a child to wrath is speaking to your children in a harsh and degrading and disrespectful way. Speak to your children in a way that builds them up. You're building, you're training them for life. You're building their life. And, and we're not to tell that you, you, you can't call your kids stupid and dumb and slob and klutz without reaping a detrimental effect in their life. I'm, I'm telling you, they hang on your every word as a parent. They just hang on your every word. And if, and if you're a parent for just any length of time, and once they start learning to talk, you understand how much they do because they start parroting you. Sometimes they say things that, you shouldn't have said. Uh-huh. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But it's, we cannot, cannot do that. I'm grateful to have parents that never did that to me. Never called me names. Never did that. Didn't believe in that. I had an uncle whose stepdad called him name, every name in the book all the time. And you know what he told me? I hate my dad. I hate him. All the time. They used to drive me. I'm like, how can you ever say that you hate your dad? Well, I couldn't even understand that. But he'd call him whatever, just any time. Didn't matter. Idiot. I think that was his favorite word to call him. See, this, this action, this, this will cause a kid to harbor resentment in them. 
And because uh, it, 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 for being spoken to like this from somebody who's supposed to love, nourish them, and cherish and care for them. Your children will listen to how, because here's the thing, they'll listen to how you talk to others and realize you don't talk to everybody like that, but them. Amen. Uh-huh. Amen. Mm. See, they're not dumb. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 15, 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. Ephesians 4.31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Proverbs 12.18, there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. That's beautiful, isn't it? And we know Colossians 4.6 because we say that here a lot. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer everyone, all right? Another way to provoke wrath in your child is refusing to listen to your kids. And you don't give your undivided attention and you interrupt your kids. Then you put them off continually and you're demonstrated that you aren't interested in really hearing what they have to say. Amen. Amen. And eventually they'll give up trying to talk to you. Yes. Which automatically creates, you know, further distance in your relationships. So James 1.19 says, So then, my beloved, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Yeah. All right? Amen. I, I know we're right in the middle of that. Heather and I are right in the middle. We've got a 16-year-old, 14-year-old, and 11-year-old. And it's easy. It is real easy in just the everyday stuff to just tune things out. Right? And, and you have to pay special attention when your kids are talking to you to make sure that you regard what they're saying and hear them. Yeah. Take a moment. Even if you have to say, Hang on, I'm talking to somebody. You know, I'm doing this. Can you can, can we at least acknowledge that they're there? All right? Those things are very important for their self-esteem. Amen. Proverbs 18, 13 says, He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. That's a good proverb right there. 18.15 says, the heart of the prudent acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. You want to you know what's going on with your kids? Listen to what they're saying. Because they'll tell you. Your kids will just tell you. Yeah. In uh, another, another way to provoke your children's wrath, and these are, I'm, I'm going to the negatives right now, all right, is inconsistent discipline. This is probably the biggest thing that goes on in the world today. Inconsistent discipline. That, that is when your rules change with, with each new day or simply because of the mood you're in. Uh-huh. Hmm? Then, then children become resentful because they never know what you, what you will do. They never know what's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to knock me across the room or if he's going to laugh about it. I do remember one time, and it was to my advantage, actually, because my dad was very, my parents, but especially dad, he was the disciplinarian. He was very, very strict with us. And... Uh, especially when it came to how we acted in school and how we talked to those in authority over us, our teachers and principals and, and uh, our elders. And I, I remember one day being in, in uh, school, in our little Christian school there in San Angelo, and uh, I went to the restroom. I don't know what grade I was in, eighth or ninth grade. And we always carried pocket knives. Back then you could carry pocket knives to school, it wasn't a big deal. 
and I had a pocket knife on me. And I was in there, and I saw the toilet paper roll, so I decided, I just cut that thing in half. <laughs> so I just cut it in half, you know, and had two, you know, I don't, I'm just bored. And so they came, they all came, uh, the teacher came in, and um, or somebody reported it. I don't know, some kid reported it, you know, made a huge deal out of it. That's what happens in a little private school. Everything's a big deal, right? If anything's out of the norm. Right? So we're all up there, and, and then they start, they hold all the boys after school, all right? They're like, all right, boys, we're not leaving until somebody admits who did it. I want you to empty your pockets, guys. And I'm sitting around looking at everybody like, I am not going to waste these guys' time. I did it. It was me. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't really want to because my dad was the administrator of the school. So my teacher wrote this long letter to my dad. Well, anytime that kind of thing happened, I knew I was in for a good, good, good whipping. And so she folded it up and told me she wanted dad to sign it. You know, I'm like, oh, it was Miss James. She could be a little dramatic from time to time, but... So I'm, I am shaking. I do, I do not want to do this, you know. I mean, I, yeah, okay. Anyway, so I get home, and I hand my dad the letter. And he opens it up, and he smiles and says, <laughs> I don't do that again. I was like, yes, sir. That's it? That was it. Now, that was to my advantage. He didn't think it was a big deal just being goofy with a pocket knife. It was a roll of toilet paper. It wasn't like I was disrespecting, you know, anybody. But anyway, all I'm saying, I don't know why I even told that story. Why did I, what does that have to do with this? Oh, inconsistent discipline, yeah. <laughs> One day, listen. Well, here's the thing, you got to stay consistent on the, le- Heather and I, and let me just give you a, if, if a, a good rule of thumb, this is something that we do, is that we measure the penalty by the amount of licks that they get with the board. That's pretty simple, all right? Lying is always five. That's the maximum penalty. Lying is the worst thing you can do in our house. So you get maximum every time. No questions asked. You know, and then we have some things for two or three or it's never one though. They always at least get two. But you know, you can measure it like that. It's a good way. And then keep those things where they are. Don't overreact to something. It'll help you keep the small things small and the big things big. All right? Okay. That's I told you I was gonna get practical with you. But Matthew five thirty seven, this is important. But let your yes be yes and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. All right? Teach your children just the discipline of yes and no. All right? Just the discipline of this is how it goes every time and this is how it doesn't go every time. All right? They need that consistency. They need lines drawn. They need black and white. They need, are are you hearing me? All right. uh, Matthew 23, 3. I'm giving you some scriptures on the side. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. And what Jesus was warning about the Pharisees, 
He says, now what they're telling you is good, but don't follow what they actually do because they don't do what they say that, that you should do, right? Okay, so when you tell your children to do things or when you tell your children how these are, then live it as well. Amen. Give clear limits, give clear boundaries. He who spares his rod, uh, Proverbs 13, 24, he who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Amen. Now, that's something that we have to work. You know how busy we are, and I know that it's good to get the discipline over with as soon as possible. All right? Two reasons. One, the child is going to be in fear for a long amount of time. They don't know when it's coming. You "You just wait till we get somewhere when I can take care of this. Right now, we're out and they're like, when's that going to happen? You know? And two, more than likely, if the day goes by too long, you're going to forget. Right? So it's good that you discipline them as quickly as possible. I know that sometimes you can be in a situation where you cannot do that exactly. But, I mean, I would... You know, from time to time, we would either, if we're in a, in a, in a uh, store or something, I'd take them to the restroom as quickly as possible and take care of business. Or if you had to go to the car. But still, you have to be discreet in some ways. Amen. Inconsistent discipline. Another one is over-disciplining. Over-disciplining your children. When you give your children a restriction for a month because they, you know, put, got gum in their hair, you're grounded for a month, right? Well, that's ridiculous, Amen. right? And only they needed, uh, hey, don't do that again. You learned your lesson, you know. Because this, this, this causes your kid, it, this, this stirs up this anger in them. They, they feel that inconsistency. They need to be guided. Ultimately, they'll, they'll give up trying to please you over time because you're just overdoing it all the time. Amen. Don't forget, you were a kid too. Amen. Amen. And the other thing is the lack of discipline. There's inconsistent discipline, there's too much discipline, and then there's a lack of discipline too. Amen. Right? You need to stay, even if you're just given a verbal reproof or if it, or if it you know, warrants a spanking, just do it. Just make sure that you do it when it needs to be done. All right, because after a while, your kids will begin to wonder if you care about them. Heather and I watched this um, this uh, documentary one time. It was actually when we were living out in West Texas. I know some kids in Plano, Texas, who got in this sex drug ring. I don't know if y'all remember that. It's maybe 15 years ago now. Just high school kids, and a bunch of them ended up with these STDs. It was just awful. Well, this girl is screaming at her mother. She's 14 years old. She's screaming at her mother. And she says, why in the world wouldn't you give me a curfew? Why would you not tell me to come home? Why wouldn't you give me, give me a board, give me, give me a boundary? And her, I mean, her mother's just shocked that she's saying this. I, I just thought that's, I was just wanting you to do whatever you wanted to do, honey. I didn't, I, and this kid's screaming for her to be a mother, not her friend. You're supposed to be guiding me. You're supposed to be telling me, get home. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. They're crying out for it. Amen, because they don't know how to guide their own lives. That's why you're there. Amen. So take up the responsibility and take care of the kid. Proverbs twenty two fifteen. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. There it is right there. The rod of correction will drive it far from them. That's one of my favorite scriptures to quote to my kids. I, love, I like telling them that one. That foolishness is about to come out. 
And it does work. It's amazing how that rear end reaches up there and grabs a hold of that brain. Until, don't do that again. Amen. Proverbs 29, 15, the rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Amen. And see, in addition to this, your children, if you don't make these kinds of commitments to discipline, to cause and effect, to reaping and sowing, sowing and reaping, all right, then when they... They, they won't really make the connection between sin and the consequences of that. All right, another thing that provokes children to wrath is constant fault-finding and punishment without praise and reward. When discipline is needed in your child's life, you must deliver it in a fair and a controlled manner. Can I get a good Amen. You know what? But praise and reward are equally important. And if you're going to be fair on the deal, you have to do both things. When you give your child a well done, sometimes this is all the reward they need. Words of affirmation build children so well. It does so much for their lives. You don't have to go buy them something every time they've done something. Just a simple way to go. That is fantastic. You are wonderful. I tell my kids, individually, you're my favorite kid. All of them. You're my favorite. And they love to hear that. I'm your favorite, right, Dad? Yeah, you sure are. And so are you. And so are you. Yeah, they love to hear that. They love to know that they're special. Right? They love to be built up that way. I tell my kids on a regular basis, if God gave me a new start and I had to... He showed me all these kids, all these babies that I could have. I'd still pick you. I'd still pick you. You're it for me. You make me the daddy that I am. You make me, you see what I'm saying? And just these words build your children's lives. Amen. My dad always called me as the oldest son, this, you're the son of my strength. That always made me feel strong. That always made me want to pick up heavy stuff. Try to do something, feats of strength. Amen. Listen to this, Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. I'm, I'm, I'm going to speed up here a little bit. Another one is physical abuse. Punching and kicking and shoving your kid, that is not how you discipline your children. Amen. That's why God gave that patting on the backside. Uh-huh. Amen. We, we used to have a board that we got whipped with when we were kids. My parents bought it at a, at a souvenir store. You know, you could actually you used to buy things to hit your kids with at souvenir stores. We were up in Minnesota at a peaceful place called Deer Park where you go and pet these deer and, and then go to the souvenir store and they're selling paddles. And so my parents bought one. And it was real cute. It had this little boy and girl and they're, they're, they're bent over this, this barrel like this. Looks like an old, um, 
What's that guy's name? Rockefeller. Oh, no, not, not. What's his name that used to paint the? Rockwell, yeah, normal Rockwell painting. That's what it looked like. And it, but, but it was varnished. Oh, varnished board, extra sting on it. But I mean, I'm talking a paddle now, this thing. And it said, never spank a child in the face. Nature provides a better place. <laughs> and my parents just couldn't quite deal with that, so they crossed out nature and put Jesus. So. <laughs> Amen. So you can break a child's spirit, though, if you act like you don't care how you discipline them or you don't care how you strike them or it just, it just it breaks them down. And these actions are not what the Bible calls discipline. In fact, this is physical abuse due to your lack of self-control. It should always be motivated. Discipline should always be motivated by love, done in a respectful manner, and always when you are in control. Hey, aren't you glad God doesn't, God doesn't just get mad at us and swing his arm? Hmm? Aren't you glad he don't do that? Direct that bolt of lightning? You did it one last time. Right? No, the Bible says whoever the Lord loves, he corrects. Even as a father of the son in whom he delights, right? God loves us, so he corrects us. Revelation 3, 19, this is what I love. It says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. I love that. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Why? Because I love you. Not because because I'm telling you, you better do this or else. Because I love you. Amen. And refusing to humble yourself and ask your child's forgiveness. That's another way to provoke them to wrath. Hey, if you screw up, let them know that you know that and apologize yeah. to you. Don't ever be too big to get down on your knees and apologize to your children for wronging them. They'll appreciate yeah. that. They'll appreciate that just as much as anything else. Amen. Amen. Let me finish with this. Can you give me a couple more minutes? I hope this is helping you tonight. Now, that it may be with, well, uh, verse four, and you fathers do not provoke children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. You might write these, these things down right quick. Number one, training. Training. Educate your children. And this means, this, this word nurture has the idea of the whole education. I'll give you the, the, the Greek Definition, the whole training and education of children, which relates, listen to this, to the cultivation of mind and morals and employs for this purpose now commands and now and admonitions, now reproof and punishment. It also includes the training and care of the body. All right? So the, your children's minds are at the place where they are being shaped. And if you don't teach them what is right and wrong, if you don't teach them the morals, if you don't teach them the cultivation of the mind, they will get taught some way or another. And they've got to hear it from you first and foremost. They've got to have it from you. You've got to teach your kids the right way. Amen. It's our command from God. It's how we train up our child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. And training and care of the body. Go put some deodorant on. (laughs) 
It's simple things like that. We tell our children, you can either be the stinky kid in school. <laughs> Dylan's the one we have to deal with. I don't, he don't ever want to take a shower. I don't blame him. Okay, you can be the smelly kid in class then. If you want to be that guy. This really refers to just the daily discipline of some verbal instruction for your kids. How to be speaking into your children's lives every day. Every day. Don't assume that what you told them a week ago, they're still doing. Because they're going to be testing, they're going to be pushing, they're going to be seeing what they can get away with. Huh? Every day in their lives. Amen. I, heard, I saw a statistic today that the average day in a house, if a father's there, it's something like 3.7 seconds with his children on average, on a daily basis, 3.7 seconds. That's screwed up. Educate your children. Number two, encourage your children. Training and admonition. This word admonition means counsel, encouragement, and discipline. It means a calling attention, even a mild rebuke or a warning, all right? Encourage your children. Educate them, encourage them. Amen. And number three, evangelize your kids. Evangelize your children. It says, train them and nurture them in the admonition of the Lord. Whoever is under your roof, that's first and foremost who you are to witness to. I'm responsible first and foremost for my wife and my children. And then they're, they, I mean, this is, this is my evangelistic crusade right here. Amen. Train, it's my responsibility to train them up in the things of God. And too many people, too many preachers sacrificing their family to go tell others about Jesus. Amen. It's our first responsibility. Evangelize them. Talk about Jesus. Read those Bible stories to your kids. Amen. I have so much fun with my kids doing that. We have this big, huge Bible. Where did we get that thing? Oh, from, from the Webster's. Cindy Webster's uh, mother had gotten that. Anyway, it's a huge Bible, and it's got the old pictures in it. And uh, anyway, it's fun to just pull that thing up because the kids are intrigued by something like that, you know. And we look through it, and the questions that they'll ask, so crazy. <laughs> but it's fun to answer just the questions. Because the, the questions, sometimes it helps me remember that I'm talking to kids. Because I, I, I like to get theological, right? So I want to just, I want to answer deep theological. <laughs> and the kids are like, so what kind of, what, what do you think, uh, Abraham, what color do you think his robe was? You know, I'm like, who cares? This guy was, this is the father of our faith, you know. But, but they, it's fun to talk about things like that. They're just, they're, they're intrigued by things like that. And if you'll answer the questions and not, not act annoyed by them, but get into their life, you know, it's important. And the Bible stories that you teach them, they'll, they'll remember forever. They will. They will remember those things forever. Take the time to do it. Take the time, take the time to teach your children the word of God. Amen. All right, I'm done. I'm going to finish right there. We'll get into the other stuff later. Praise God.
Father, thank you. Thank you for this time in your, in your presence. Thank you, Lord, for these parents that are here tonight. Lord, especially those that are, that are right in it right now. They've got kids under their roof, and I just pray right now for your wisdom. Thank you that your word guides us. Your word is, is the compass of, of our lives, Lord. It's, it's what gives us direction in truth. It's what helps us stay on the right path, God. And Lord, your word says that your word is a lamp unto our feet, and it is a light unto our path. Lord, I just pray, God, for all these moms and dads, Lord, even for Heather and I, that we'll continue to, to seek your wisdom, to seek your way, Lord, beyond what we even feel, God. It's so difficult at times because we're so closely connected to our kids that sometimes our emotions can tend to rule our decision. God, help us to be wiser than that. Help us to be uh, better at, at, at sticking to the word and walking by faith and trusting God that you know what we need and you know what our children are. You're the one who created us. You made us in your image, Lord. Help us. Help us, God. Hallelujah. Lord, we understand that we're training our children for life. And not, in the not-too-distant future, they're going to be citizens in this nation, and they're going to become adults, and they're going to be contributors, and they're going to have jobs, and they're going to have careers, and they're going to get married, and they're going to have kids. And then, how do we want them treating our grandchildren? Oh, Lord, help us. I just thank you right now for every family that's represented in this place tonight, that your peace would reign in their home the perfect peace that passes all understanding. And Father God, where there is turmoil and where there are broken relationships, nothing is impossible for you. And I pray, God, just for a hope to rise up in the hearts tonight that need that. Hope that all things are possible to those who believe. With God, all things are possible. And that they'll always believe that anything is possible with God. God bless them. I thank you now in the name of Jesus for your grace, your peace. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for locations and events. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church.